The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. You're now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, health heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, health heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I have Dr. Eric Plasker. Uh, he's the creator of the 100-Year Lifestyle. You can find him at 100yearlifestyle.com. Jim was introduced to me by our friend, uh, um, or Dr. Eric was introduced to me by our friend uh, Jim Gale of Food Forest Abundance. And Jim's like, hey, man, you got you to gotta meet uh, Dr. Plasker. He's awesome. He's one of us. And um, I have met him. We've been building a relationship now for quite some time. It's uh, going really well. We're very like-minded. Um, and the reality is, is that, you know, it, chemical free body and the health hero show and, and Tim James's life, um, I'm really about moving forward in a heart centered way and leading from my heart. Um, the company will be heart, be led from the heart, um, and not the brain. And when you look at this, you know, scientifically, the heart actually creates way more frequency than the brain does. And it's able to radiate out many feet from the body and, and um, it's definitely, the, uh, for me, like when I started leading my life this way, that's when all the rapid change started happening. I, when I started opening my heart, I started setting my ego down off to the side and became more open to change. And the reality is, is if you're in a situation in your life right now and you want change, maybe you're desperate for it, but you feel lost and confused, go inward and look to your heart. The heart will, will guide you to where you need to be. The brain is not going to be the solution. And at the end of the day, my job that I see right now is to inspire you to start taking action because in this three-dimensional world we live in, you actually have to make changes. You have to do something different than you're currently doing right now if you want those changes to happen. They're just not going to magically appear. You actually have to put the rubber to the pavement. And it doesn't have to be like some big thing. It doesn't have to be something that's very difficult. It can be something just as simply as going inward and starting to listen to your heart and then taking action. And instead of maybe getting in a conversation where it turns into a yelling match, you decide not to yell for the first time in your life. And whether that person chooses not to yell doesn't matter. It's that you've changed. And then maybe they will start changing. It's, it's just that simple. So this is one of the exciting reasons I wanted to have Dr. Eric Plaster on because he is literally driving his life and his business um, with his heart. And so we've connected at a, at a heart centered level and we want to join forces. And, you know, Jim, I've been, uh, or sorry, I keep thinking about Jim, <laughs> Jim Gale. So we love Jim Gale. Um, I have him on my mind right now because I'm in the middle of building out this food forest. I've been all weekend. I've been moving dirt and getting everything all prepped up. But Eric, Dr. Eric Plasker, um, one of the reasons I'm so excited about you is because like, I kind of see us all, you like, oh, you know, on a, on a spiritual level, um, it's kind of like nature. And I, I keep thinking about like those starlings that are flying around, you know, and how they fly around in unison as one organism, or you see the, all the fish in the sea and they're moving around. It's like, and you know, people are like, how is that possible? And in the sea, there's electrical impulse, all that stuff. But these, these, these fish and these starlings are operating together as one unit. And I see this happening in, actually in my life and my community. And with guys like you and me, we're coming together and we're moving together as a collective. 
it's like our consciousnesses are they're already joined but we're having the physical awareness now in our in our in our conscious mind that this is happening and we're synchronizing this stuff and this is where it's really cool and this is why chemical free body has wanted to partner and and work with with guy uh with eric and the hundred year lifestyle for all that he's done so eric thank you so much for being here my friend oh it's great to be here and uh what a insightful introduction and i i agree with you on many of the things that you're saying and the simplicity of that, we are all on parallel paths. The people that are so many people, millions and millions and millions of people that are on billions probably on a parallel path, parallel journey. We just don't know it because we haven't talked about it the way that we're talking about it now. And so that's why these conversations matter and uh, you're doing a great job. Yeah. You too, my friend. So, yeah. So your story is really interesting. You know um, you, you're a chiropractor, but you didn't start out that way. Why don't you get back and tell me about your family? Because I know your your family story is really cool because, um, you know, you, your family was plagued with illness and you decided not to play that game and you've had none of it. And now your family, literally because you and your brothers being the impetus of change, deciding to not continue to do that story with your family, you rewrote the story and now your entire family now is like, they're all healthy. So why don't you talk about that? Well, uh Appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about that because my parents were beautiful people, good people, good parents, and they were plagued with sickness. And it, my father had heart disease. He had a heart attack at the age of 49 when I was in my first year of college. My mother had thyroid disease. She was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism and she had, uh, she had a, a couple of forms of cancer. Uh, my father had cancer. Uh, and so it was frustrating for me growing up that, you know, my parents had sickness. And again, they were really good people and they thought they were doing all the right things. In fact, if you go to, this is crazy, you go to 100yearlifestyle.com, there's a, an article on, there's a lot of content on there, but one of them is doctors recommend smoking because there was a time when, you know, 26,000 doctors recommend smoking in this brand of cigarette. Well, the, in that article, there's a video and it's a video of me as a baby. And so now we're going back 60 years ago. This is uh, 1962, 63. And we're at a picnic and it's a silent movie, black and white, reel to reel. And there's a, a, in this video, my mother who loved me was doing what the doctors told her to do or recommended. And she had a match and a cigarette waving it in front of my face. Like it was like a cool thing to do at a picnic in 1963. And so, it's interesting, I go back and watch that video and I say, wow, I can't believe that was me. My parents were good people. They did what the doctors told them to do. They did what the CDC told them to do. And they, they raised us in, in the best way that they knew how based on the information back in the day. And the day that changed my life was in when I was 15 years old, I was playing football and I got hit by... Michael Lakes, I just found out that Michael Lakes just made the Hall of Fame for Ramapo High School, my high school. And so I was a sophomore. He was a senior. I didn't know how to play defensive tackle. He ended up, he blindsided me on a trap play, knocked me 15 yards probably. I don't remember. I don't remember much. This is what they tell me. And then I ended up going to the hospital. Well, when I get to the hospital, the top orthopedic of our area he says to my mother and I, after doing all the tests, he said, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Afro-headed dude. I had a big red Afro back then. You'd never tell right now. Now I wear my Afro on the inside. But, but back then it was like way out here, big Afro. 
And he said, don't play for 30 days, take these drugs. And I thought to myself, drugs equal don't play. Hmm, I want to play. I'm not doing that. Like literally, that's what he, it's not what he said, but it's what I heard. Mm -hmm. So I said to myself and I said to my mother, I said, listen, drugs equal don't play. Forget that. I'm not listening to that guy. I want to play. So let's do something. Let's try anything because I want to play. So the next day, went to uh, chiropractor Ernie Landy, Spring Valley, New York, gave me one adjustment. I played that afternoon without any pain and totally blew my mind. I was like, wow, from that moment, Tim, true story, I knew I was going to be a chiropractor from that first adjustment. And so what was cool about Dr. Landy is he had a massive practice and he was a professional baseball player before he became a chiropractor. So he didn't just understand the crisis care part, like we talk about in the 100-year lifestyle. He understood the lifestyle care and the performance-based aspect of chiropractic and a healthy nervous system, healthy structure and balance and proprioception and neurology and all of those things. So I got really excited because my whole team started going to get adjusted. We all use chiropractic care, not just for crisis care, but for lifestyle and performance-based care. And in my three years at Ramapo High School with my whole team getting adjusted, I believe our record was something like 27-3-1. And, and we never had a major injury. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I definitely want to do this with my life. And so I just started to study it. I got into it and I looked at my family and started to think about what the challenges were that my family were having. And because when I went to Delaware for undergraduate, that's when my father had this heart attack. I was away at college. So when he came back from the hospital, we were told, and I was told that, hey, Eric, listen, your grandfather had a heart attack. Your father had a heart attack at 49. You have a family history of heart disease, man. You need to take these drugs. You need to take them your whole life so that you can prevent this heart attack. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not doing that. I just heard just a few years ago, take these drugs, don't play for 30 days. I'm not doing that. I'm going to choose this path that I've been on chiropractically, keeping my spine, my nervous system, my body functioning at its highest level from that perspective. And I changed my life and I started living that way. And so when my wife and I met, I said she was a fan of chiropractors. And so I started to adjust her, obviously. And then we had kids. And then this was a big life changer. Are we doing is this appropriate for this discussion so far? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Everything goes. Okay, cool. So when our first child was born, he was born perfect. Great. Fantastic. He was an early walker. He was got adjusted, got his spine and nervous system checked the day he was born within an hour, uh, checked, cleared out his nervous system. He was doing fantastic. Well, at the age of 10 months, he was playing on the bed, tripped, fell off the bed, landed on his head and became paralyzed. And we were told that he would never walk by the neurologist the pediatric neurologist, best in town. I'm sorry, Dr. and Mrs. Plasker, uh, your child has had a traumatic brain injury. He would probably never walk, talk, or use his arm. Well, I was blessed with amazing mentors, like you are for your people, like we are for our people. And I called up one of my mentors, Alex Cox, up at the Gonstead Clinic in Wisconsin. This is going back now. We're talking about 1989 or 1990. And he said to me, I said, Alex, this is what they said. I don't believe this guy. How dare him say that? What do I do? Yeah. And he says to me, he says, Eric, listen, 
They may be right, right? They may be wrong. Nobody knows. Get the pressure off the nerve. Do it now. So I did marching orders, marching orders from my mentor. Mm -hmm. So I went in pediatric intensive care unit with my brother, Dr. Noel, by my side, who you met yesterday on the on the phone when we were talking. By and the he pool. was there with me. And we mm -hmm. were in there and I literally I put my hand underneath him. He was unconscious. He was breathing in a labored way. Uh, his head was stuck. I adjusted him. It sounded like an explosion. And within 20 minutes, he woke up, his breathing stabilized, and he began to move. And to make a very long story short, because we don't have time to get into all the details, now he's a practicing chiropractor. He and his wife just gave me our first grandchild. And here I am now, more inspired than ever doing what we're doing. And you know, we learned early on because of the circumstances and because we had people in our life that were willing to talk to us in a way that nobody else would talk to us. They were willing to tell us the truth. They were not drug pushers. They were not drug people. They believed in the body's innate intelligence, its ability to express its full potential throughout life, that sickness was not the way that was the norm, that sickness was because of interferences that happened to express the expression of the body's intelligence. And we raised our kids, all three of them, without shots, without drugs, without pediatricians, 99.9999999% of the time. And we figured if we had a scale, a tape measure, common sense, and a chiropractor, we would not need medical care. And we did have the common sense for us was, I don't know if you ever heard of a, a pediatrician. His name was Mendelssohn, Dr. Mendelssohn. Dr. Mendelssohn wrote a book, How to Raise a Healthy Child in Spite of Your Doctor. He was a pediatrician. He was the president of the Illinois Medical Board. And at a time when he wrote that book, at a time when the pharmaceutical industry was lobbying and politicking to remove liability from the drug companies, which was a law that was passed in 1986. Yeah, I by was the Kennedys. What's that? It was passed by the Kennedys again. Yeah. Yeah, so 1982 to 1985 was when that all that was going down, and I was in Atlanta. CDC was in Atlanta. The political charge in Atlanta at the time was intense, and so I, you know, I wanted to just help athletes, but here I am, and I'm getting all this exposure to all of this liability and autistic kids and damage that's being done, and so it was just a natural environment, and I didn't question it because I saw what was going on. I saw how it happened. And now here we are, fast forward, you and I are talking, been in practice 38 years, uh, 60 years old. Uh, I haven't taken a medication since pre that injury. Uh, I don't uh, haven't been to a medical doctor. My chiropractor is my primary healthcare provider. I'm into good nutrition. I love my super soldier that I take. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just, it's amazing. And here's the thing, both of my brothers ended up becoming chiropractors too. So we were, all three of us grew up in a home with a family history of heart disease, cancer, thyroid disease, and other things. And here we are, all three of us, 60, 58, 55, no medication, no allopathic care, trusting our body. We keep ourselves well-adjusted, good nutrition, we exercise, and you know what? We have strong immune systems. So, you know, people should have faith in the things that you talk about, the transition strategies to get them from where they are to where they want to be. They should listen to what we're talking about at 100yearlifestyle.com. They should all have a good chiropractor who's a good adjuster, who can correct the spine, correct the nervous system. We've taken care of over the years, national championship sports teams, high school champion sports teams, hall of famers, 
professional athletes, Olympic athletes, world champions, uh, all kinds of people. And the reality is nobody talks about it the way they need to talk about it. And from my perspective, it's a vital part of being, you know, your innate intelligence, your body's wisdom is the ultimate health hero. Your and I, our job is to help people connect with it and get them the right resources. Absolutely. Awesome. Really good stuff, man. And I want to just unpack a couple of these things. Number one was like, let's go back to the cigarettes article. You said there was like 20 some thousand, 26,000 physicians. I remember the, I remember seeing the ad, like 26,000 physicians recommend camel cigarettes is the number one. And they're pushing that. And people, you have to really think about that. Like, all right, the medical community. And again, Doctors and nurses, I always say this, they're the good boys and girls in this equation. It's the system that's broken, right? They actually went to this industry to help people. And, but you have to understand that the medical community basically said that smoking is good for you. And where did they come up with that? It was lobbying, the tobacco industry. It was about making money and profit. It had nothing to do with human health, nothing to do with about you tapping into your heart space, nothing about the collective of all this self-healing and you know, if you look back at what Hippocrates said, you know, everybody, and I, I'm going to keep saying this over and over again so people get it. He said, let thy food be thy medicine, thy medicine be thy food. And at the same time, the medical community takes the Hippocratic oath based on this guy, I will do no harm. Well, what about what he said, which was like, the damn food is the medicine. And the other statement, which is, this is another statement that he said, which was, he who is not his own doctor is a fool, Right. So basically, if, they, if you're taking the Hippocratic Oath as a medical doctor, you should be teaching your patients that if you don't become your own doctor, you're a fool. And just talking to them in straight talk. It's like you need to learn how to heal yourself. Obviously, you got yourself in this situation. Okay, your arm's broken. Let me fix this. That's different. That's a crisis thing. But hey, you're 50 pounds overweight, Bob. You know, and you, know, you're, you have hypertension. Like you're, you, you need to change. You need to become your own doctor. I can't heal you. You're putting poisons in your body on a daily basis. You need to stop doing that. Otherwise, don't come and see me. You're wasting my time. I'm here to love yeah. and support you, but you have to make the changes. And then here's what you should do. And give him, give him some, you know, give him some groundwork. And, and you, know, you know, instead of uh, you know, giving him a stool softener, giving him some magnesium. You know, just basic things that they could do. But they're not doing it. Again, the system's broken. So again, let that sink in that the medical community Back in the 50s, a lot of people's parents, maybe even your grandparents, were told that smoking is good. The doctor is actually telling you smoke a cigarette. Now, today we laugh about it, but you have to let that really sink in, right? And what's different today? It's like, take this medication, you read the list of side effects, and it's like, it could be increased gambling, suicidal thoughts, rage, uh, death. Anybody in their right mind that reads that and puts that in their mouth, like you, you've been programmed. It, it makes no sense. And, and to know the statistics that when you put a pharmaceutical drug in your mouth, it's only going to work for 10% of you. That's it. Those are the numbers. It's going to work for 10% of you. 90% of you, yeah, it's like, it's like having a six shooter and, five, and, and there's only one, one of them's empty. And you're going to spin it and hope that you get the one that's not empty. You got five out of six times that it's going to get you, right? So it's like, why would you do that? Why would you go buy a car at a dealership if nine times out of 10, the car blows up or the wheels fall off when you get off the deal, would you, would you buy those cars? Would you go back to that dealership? No. But why do we keep doing this? Because we've been programmed because you've been, you've been put into fear mode and you've been taught that you, your, your health is, needs to be outsourced to somebody else because you're stupid and you can't do this. 
And you have an innate intelligence, as Dr. Plasker just mentioned, inside of you that is going to heal you. So there was that part. And then you also said, um, you know, I noticed this. I've seen this a lot, Eric, is like, if you notice, like when you heal yourself, you have, there's this willingness. I don't know what it is. It's like, you want to go help other people heal themselves too. Have you seen that with your patients? Like you've helped, I mean, you've done it yourself. How many of your patients have went on to start helping other people? Uh, all the time. And I mean, we get referrals. We have patients that come for second, third, fourth opinions from all over the country that come to our office for, for that. And we have people that refer their friends and families all the time. And, you know, a couple of things that I want to add to what you said, Hippocrates had said, look well to the spine for the cause of disease. Thomas Edison. So the food is definitely, obviously, nutrition, very vital because it's the fuel of your body. And then you have Edison who said that the doctor of the future will give no medicine, but will interest his patients in the care of the human frame, in diet, and in the cause and prevention of disease. And we actually changed, I actually changed Thomas Edison's quote to be the doctor of the present will give no medicine, but will yeah. interest his patients in the care of the human frame and diet, and then the cause and prevention of dis-ease, dis-ease, which leads to disease. And you know, when you when you talk about healing yourself, I'm going to give you a completely different way out perspective that is completely 100% true. So when we get sick, are we really getting sick? We have an innate intelligence. Think about this for a minute. So somebody overeats. And if we did not have an innate intelligence and somebody overate, the stomach would not be pliable. The stomach would explode. There'd be blood and guts everywhere and people would die. But we have an innate intelligence and the innate intelligence says, okay, wait, you're, you're overeating. Okay, winter is coming. Okay, you're going to be hibernating soon. Okay, well, we'll pack it on. It doesn't kill you. You're not going to die because you overeat, not right away. But if you keep doing that and you keep doing that and you keep doing that, here's what your innate intelligence says. In spite of you, it's going to keep you alive. It's doing the healthiest thing that it can do by not, by, and not kill you, which is packing it on, packing it on. You're doing it to yourself. And then innate says, your innate intelligence says, oh, I get it. I understand. You're trying to become a grizzly bear. Got it. Okay. So we're going to keep packing it on and you'll become a grizzly bear. You'll hibernate and then you'll come back out. And then if you change, so it doesn't kill you yet. If you keep at it, it'll kill you. It'll make you sick. It'll make you uncomfortable. It'll make you toxic. It'll destroy your life, but it's not killing you. Your innate's going to do whatever it can to keep you alive in spite of you. Now, that's good because when you reverse your trend, and you start eating healthy and you start actually your innate intelligence says, ah, I got it. Winter's over. I got it. Okay. You're cleansing. I, you, I sustained you through all of this winter, but now here you are. So we have the ability to adapt back. And so your body starts to adapt back and it's so cool. So a lot of people don't know I was 60 pounds heavier than I am now in 2002 after my son's accident and some other stuff that was going on, I kind of put myself last and I gained a lot of weight, but I didn't really gain weight. What people would say when I eliminated the weight, they would say, Dr. Plasco, wow, you lost a lot of weight. I said, no, I didn't lose any weight. It was never mine. That was never mine. And so I knew, and I know now, and you know, that we have an innate intelligence. And because you're still here, post-COVID, post all the ridiculousness, post whatever you did to yourself, you have an innate intelligence that is just waiting for you to come out of hibernation and start to take care of yourself. And the neurology piece of it, from a chiropractic perspective, I could tell you, 
It is a number one thing that people should be getting their nervous system checked because your brain has to communicate with your body. Your body has to communicate with the brain. It's a really important piece. So when you do all the things that you're talking about, that you teach your people, the things that we talk about, and you have a healthy nervous system, the sky's the limit regardless of your age. We have people, you know, we, we say it all the time in our office, you're getting younger every day, you're getting younger every day. You know, think about how you felt a year ago. And a lot of your people, we tell them all the time, you should tell them, you know what, you're younger today than when I met you. You feel younger, you look younger and healthier than a year ago, even though you're one year older. And that's why this whole principle and having a vision like the 100 Year, year Lifestyle provides people it gets them to look into the future to understand that if they make the changes that they know they need to make, they can enjoy quality of life for decades. Absolutely. And with that, we're going to take another, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, I want to get more into the, what's, what's going on with, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the nervous system, just as a refresher, um, how important it is to protect that. It's, as Thomas and Edison said, said, that's part of the frame of the body. It is the storage component, the, the bones and the nervous system. And then we'll also find out more about what's up with the 100-year lifestyle. We'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body Turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution helps against inflammation and pain. Turmeric 100 is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% organic, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I am back with Dr. Eric Plasker of The 100-Year Lifestyle. That's 100yearlifestyle.com. All right, Eric, your backstory is awesome. Um, I, I loved it where you just like thought outside of the box and you didn't just go along with the herd because, you know, your highest excitement was playing football. Drugs didn't sound good. And when one adjustment that sent you on a whole different tra trajectory in your life and now you and your brothers, all the things you've done and the accomplishments, it's been pretty cool. And now you're on a mission. You're a mission based person. Your heart, your heart centered and, and you're out there trying to help people. So how did what what is the hundred year lifestyle and how did that all get started? Well, it's a great question. It's and I'm going to tell it again the short version of the story. And if you want the whole story, go to hundredyearlifestyle.com about us and and look for Max's story. Max is our inspiration. And so in 1993 um, or 1991, actually, is when it started. I was a kid. All of the my son's accident. I was a baby at the time. I was 27, 28 years old when that happened. When Max came to see me for the first time, I was probably 29 years old uh, when he first came to see me. He was a 98-year-old crippled man. I had never even seen a 100-year-old man before. I didn't even know those people existed in the world. Max comes in crippled, broken, alone, and he is suffering. He looks at me with puppy dog eyes. He says, Dr. Plasker, can you help me? I'm thinking to myself, I have no freaking idea. But you know what? You're here. As long as you're alive and breathing and there's life flowing over your nervous system, let's give it a shot. So I start to adjust him gently. His whole body starts to wake up. I couldn't even believe it. His pain lines on his head go away. His posture gets more upright. He's moving with more pep in his step. He's doing fantastic. Three months goes by. He never misses an appointment. I said to my team, we got to adopt this guy. He would pay with crinkled up dollar bills, literally, like he was getting out of a suitcase or a pillowcase yeah. or a mattress or something. And so uh, 
So we're like, how big could this mattress or pillowcase be? And we tried to offer him this charity, this gift. He would not accept it. He was a very proud guy. And so I said, all right, well, you need to come. And he kept coming. So he came for a year, never missed an appointment. He's moving like a little 98-year-old racehorse. He gets to be 99 years old. And then something happens that never happens before. He misses an appointment. And I had gotten used to seeing him every week. He would shake my hand with his arthritic hand. He would say, thank you, Dr. Plaska. Thank you. Go up front, take care of his business and, and leave. And so we were like, where's Max? This guy never missed. And so I sent my CA, my assistant calls, no answer, goes to visit. I sent it, go visit his house. Nobody not answers on the door. So a couple of weeks go by, we keep trying and no word. So what do you think we're thinking? Right? That he's he's on he's vacation. Off. Yeah. Well, some people say <laughs> vacation. Some people say he's got a girlfriend. We had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we missed him. That's the one thing that we know for sure. Uh, and we assume that maybe he passed. So we, right. we said a little prayer for Max and go about our business. Well, another year goes by. Max is now over 100 years old. And guess who comes walking through the front door without an appointment? Max. Max. So that's exactly how my assistant screamed, basically, when she saw him. She was like, Max, oh, my God. She runs around, gives him a hug. I am in the back adjusting people. I speed, high speed, clear out the rooms, adjust people. I go up front. There's Max. I give him a big hug, and I ask him, Max, where have you been? We've missed you. So Max look, looks up at me, and he grabs my hand, and he, like he did so many times before, uh, he had a tear coming down his cheek. His eyes were hollow. And I asked him again, Max, where you been? He holds on tight. He looks up at me. He says, thank you, Dr. Plasker. Thank you. And dies right there in the reception room. And I, like literally rigor mortis had already set in. He leaned over. His body was already hard. His spirit gone. I yeah. screamed over at my assistant, call 911, call 911. It didn't matter. Yeah. Literally, I scooped him up, carried him to the back, his hard body, laid him down on the table. Uh, ambulance came, takes, comes, takes him away, never to be heard from again. Except for the fact that I couldn't get it out of my head that here's this 100-year-old man, this beautiful soul. If Max had known that he was going to live to be 100 when he was 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, even 80 years old. How would he have lived his life differently so that he didn't get there crippled, broken, alone? And so I started, I became intrigued. It took me a long time to process all of this. And I started asking people this question. If you knew you'd live to 100, how would you change your life? Hey, if you knew you'd live to be 100, how would you change your life? And I would get, Tim, I got answers all across the board. Like, Dr. Plask, are you out of your mind? Grandma's 87. Uh, I don't want to be like that. Shoot me if I get like that. I don't want to do that. Uh, and uh, people would say, other people would say, yeah, man, I would love to live to be 100. If I can play with my grandkids and my great grandkids and travel, and if I had my health, why would I want to go anywhere? And so, you know, we just started doing the research. And then I, I just started to lay out all the principles that I had learned through my practice, through my work through my life that I learned from Max, did research, and found out 100-year-old people, one of the world's fastest growing groups percentage-wise. And they still are today, 2023. They still are today. We need to talk about the life expectancy decline that is happening in this country. It's terrible. 
And so I started to become a human potential geek and understanding that quality of life and longevity has everything to do with how you take care of yourself, the epigenetics, not the genetics. And I love that my brothers and I, that we are, you know, we didn't like plan to just have this thing that we all three of us, I mean, certainly we are, we're all glad we're healthy. We're all doing the same things while we all have the same bad family history. And they live in New Jersey. I live in Georgia. And so here we are, and we've helped so many different people. So the 100-Year Lifestyle became a roadmap, a guide to living your best life at 100%, living at 100% for 100 years and beyond. If you've had injuries, diseases, then not just living at 100%, but maybe you don't have 100%. Maybe you've had organs removed or you've had bad injuries, so you're not 100%. You can still be 100% of what you can be, whether it's 83%, 97%, if you take care of yourself in the right way, the way we talk about in the 100-Year Lifestyle, the way that you talk about in Healthier Heroes, doing all the right things. So we, we laid it out for people. It includes, it's really about change, it's about the three life-changing principles of the 100-year lifestyle. Change is easy. Thinking about change is hard. Uh, change comes one choice at a time. Progress, not perfection. And if you're going to make a change, make it with your ideal 100-year lifestyle in mind. And there's a there's a, a exercise on 100yearlifestyle.com on the homepage. It says calculate your longevity potential. And where you can put in the age of your oldest grandparent that ever lived or is still living. And then you put in your age, your current age, and it will calculate your minimum, not your maximum, but your minimum potential years remaining. And it's interesting. We had one today, 39, we get them every day. We had a 39-year-old person with an 89-year-old grandparent. And so their empire, their minimum potential years remaining, we call it your empire, is 60 years. So... I've seen enough of these people face to face when they take it in our office and they fill it out in our office or at a, an event that we're teaching, a seminar that we're giving, a speaking engagement. And somebody like that, a younger person, they will one of two things. They either get really excited about their longevity and the opportunity of their extended life, or they freak out because they're not healthy, they're suffering. So you know, it's why you become a health hero for people, Tim, is because you give people that hope, you give them their possibility. You know, we, we say follow the leader, right? Follow the leader. Well, where is that leader taking you? I'll tell you where the allopathic leaders are taking us. Every community has assisted living centers on every single corner. You want to follow the allopathic leaders, that is your destiny. On 21 medications, side effect after side effect leads to another medication. Yeah rotting away as human preservatives when that is not the 100-year lifestyle way. We have a whole new perspective that you are we are giving people on longevity and human potential in a world where life expectancy has declined to the lowest level since World War II, and we know what happened during World War II. The young people got killed. It was a world war and a holocaust, wiped out millions and millions of younger people, which brought the life expectancy down, which is why I love what you're doing, waking people up, getting people to take charge, think differently about their life, and now, obviously, their longevity potential, the 100-year lifestyle way. Yeah, man, that's all good stuff. Um, I, I I remember the first time you told me about Max's story, I was like, I just loved it. I thought that was really cool. Um, and I can see how that could be an impetus for, you know, everything that's going on, right? You, it probably isn't a day goes by, you don't think about that, dude. And yeah, like, and, and every time I tell the story, and I tell it all the time, it never gets old because I literally I could feel his handshake 
Yeah. I still feel it. It's like anchored into my hand. I feel his handshake. I when I picked him up that day, I had never to this day, I've never held a dead person before. That was the only dead person that I ever carried to this day, hard as a rock. And so it's it's ingrained in me. And here's the truth. Why doesn't it get old? Because we are changing so many lives, Tim. We are changing so many lives. These principles, uh, the world is finally aligning with our ideas. Uh, there is a longevity industrial complex forming in the world that is looking to take control of how people think about healthy longevity. And they're going to give you the products and services, in my opinion, that will be just like the, the doctors recommend smoking. You know, you follow that leader, no matter what products they're coming out with, most of them over time will send you into those homes, those retirement draining, estate draining account, uh, places that are wiping out families uh, financially. And it's not because of age, it's because people didn't know they were gonna live this long, so they didn't know how to take care of themselves where we're teaching them the 100-year lifestyle way. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is too that, you know, when when there's, the bottom line is, is that you were talking about life expectancy dropping, right? And since about 1980 in this country, it's, it's the, it's, we're not keeping up with the rest of the industrialized nations as far as life expectancy, where the other ones are growing. Ours has been declining and steeply declining since 2014. Because I know a lot of people when they see the graph, like, oh, that's because of COVID. We'll blame it on COVID. We'll blame it. No, it's not. It's like, yes, it this started way, 2014 was way pre-COVID, way before it. Yeah, we're so, we're like in the out of the industrialized nations, we're anywhere from 47th to 60th, depending on the year. Uh, and when you see some of the countries that are ahead of us, you're like, are you kidding me? How could they possibly be, be ahead of us? You know, we have the we have the I thought we had the best healthcare system in the world. No, we have the worst healthcare system of industrialized nations, and it's been hijacked. Yeah, and people don't realize too that there's it's all about how the data is presented and you know. Common people like myself that are just kind of living our lives, we're working class people. We don't, you know, we're so busy doing all this other stuff. We don't really have the time to look into these things. And so that's what, you know, what I like to do now is I look into it and I try to explain it to people. So if you're in a system where 80% of the population is overweight, obese, or morbidly obese, okay, and then you have people that are like, well, the, the, F, the FDA is great, the Food and Drug Administration, they're good. I'm listening to them. I'm listening to all the doctors. They say to get the jab as an example. I remember this conversation I had with a guy who actually worked in the medical field as a medical supplier, supplying medical stuff to medical doctors and hospitals and stuff. And he's like, I know people at the FDA. They're good people. I'm like, yeah, I said, I didn't say they were bad. I just said there's people at the top that are running it that are taking the whole organization in the wrong direction. And I'm like, and he's and he's like, yeah. The, he goes, I don't believe this mask study that you're that you're talking about. He goes, how could this one study? Uh, you know, he goes, all these other doctors and the and NIH and and the CDC are saying this. He goes, I'm going to lean on the side with the professionals. And I'm like, okay, well, why do you what? How do you answer that? Why are 80 percent of us are overweight, obese, or morbidly obese? And he's like, well, the food's terrible. He goes, we all know that. And I said, well, what organization is helping us monitor our food? It's the same one he was sticking up for for the drugs. And then all of a sudden you could see he had like an, a, an aha moment in his head. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, like, and you're talking about the FDA, which stands for financing drug addiction. Yeah. The, well, yes, you can make it up whatever you want at the food. That's a good one. The Food and Drug Administration. So he was like standing up for them 
because of the drugs are good. He's in the medical industry. He's supplying that kind of stuff. Yet he says that food's bad, and that's why we have all of our health issues. Well, who's running? Who's in charge of our food? It's the same organization. So it's like yeah. so half the organization's awesome, and the other half is bad. It's like no, there's a whole bunch of really good working class people in that organization, but the people at the top are are running it and steering it in the wrong direction, and they're not helping us. That's the bottom line, and this is why the life expectancy is going down now. Here's the deal, though. The United States has good uh, diagnostic equipment, and we have had major strides in prenatal care and around birthing. So what's happened is, is you would take a child back in the early, let's say the 1700s, early 1800s, that would have, that would normally die at birth, and now they just do a C-section and that child lives. Easy peasy. Right. Yeah, so let me let me let me let me just interrupt for just a second because I don't know if you've seen the recent statistics on this. The reality of it is that the most dangerous industrialized place to have a baby is the United States of America. Totally. Totally. So so I think that's to keep the right perspective. Yes, we have the technologies, we have technologies, but unfortunately, you know, in so many ways. Um, you ever see the movie Indiana Jones and the the first one where they, they there's a scene where he says they have the stone there but they're digging in the wrong place. Yeah, remember that scene? And yeah. they sing, they're digging in the wrong place. They're digging in the wrong place. Well, here's the thing: that whole world, when it comes to anything related to health or almost anything related to health, like truly being healthy. And I understand if you have some condition and you need that care. I'm not saying that you shouldn't get it. I'm just saying, like Tim was saying, also, you have to advocate for yourself. You have to really understand, because in a lot of cases, they're digging in the wrong place. They're digging in the wrong place. You know, we see it all the time where the treatment of symptoms is not the cure of disease. Just changing how you feel in the moment does not change the condition. We see so many people they're treating when you have a symptom, the symptom is an expression that like from a spinal and a nervous system perspective, that you have a problem in one area and you feel it in another area and what you feel or the spasm or the diarrhea or the whatever, that is the protection. And that your body is saying, I'm gonna protect you from the poison, go to the bathroom now. Yeah. I'm gonna protect you from the poison. I'm gonna spit it up your mouth. So it doesn't stay in. I'm going to sweat it out. That's why you smell all the time because I'm trying to get rid of all this stuff. And we have to understand that by treating the symptom and treating the protection while keeping going is a big problem. And that's why the allopathic world struggles in creating long-term health and well-being. That's why a person that gets on one medication is more likely to get on a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. There's actually a condition. We wrote an ebook. You can get it for free at 100yearlifestyle.com. It's called Becoming a Least Vulnerable Person. And it talks about, we get, we're giving it away. We've been giving it away since COVID came out because it talks about how to, you know, if you want to protect the most vulnerable people, you turn them into least vulnerable people. That's what you do, helping people with weight, cleaning up their environment. All that is vital. Uh, and so that's a big part of becoming least vulnerable. And I think that's what everybody needs to realize is, is that we have to take that responsibility, take charge of our health this way, because there is a condition that makes you more vulnerable called polypharmacy. What's polypharmacy? It's people that are on more than one medication. They have a condition called polypharmacy. It's a diagnosis. You can read about it. It's, it makes you more vulnerable. You're more likely to die if you're on multiple med medications. 
So um, all of these things, we, you know, we've been teaching them for years and years and years. And I love that we have the opportunity to have these conversations, especially in the world where people like you and I are being deplatformed and censored. Yeah. Well, before we take a break, I just want to wrap up because you brought up life expectancy. So I just want to point out why it's as bad as it is. Like if you look at the life expectancy charts that are put out by the the man the, itself, like the organ, the, the unit, the, you know, big pharma, it's in the medic. It's like these charts are coming out from Kaiser Permanente showing life expectancy in the United States just dropping like a rock. And um, my point about the, 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 ch the child advances in prenatal care and i know it's a very dangerous place to go women going in these stirrups and then bad position the whole the whole thing where they they do a c-section they're not swabbing the vagina and putting it into a gauze and wiping those bacteria and all that good uh, beneficial bacteria in the children's eyes and their mouth and preloading them there's a lot of problems there obviously but my point is like in the 1800s if, if a child would have died because it simply had an umbilical cord around its neck that could be now solved um that that child dies and a lot of young women were dying too so that was dragging down life expectancy but people were still living you know to 100 back then right because they had fresh food and they were happy and and there wasn't electromagnetic frequencies and they were doing what they love and they had family and all this stuff so what's happened is is now even with the advances in saving babies with simple things like a c-section which i hopefully you can avoid our life expectancy is still dropping like a rock. So it's actually way worse than what it is. It's, it's way worse than what they're even showing, which is completely horrible and terrible, which means that our children and grandchildren will now die younger than us. That's, the, that's what um, our politicians, their policies have delivered. This is what the medical community has delivered. This is what um, the judicial community, the food delivery system. And unfortunately, even our farmers have been hijacked because they've turned into chemical farms, killing and tilling the soil. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll get back and we'll wrap up with Dr. Eric Plasker at TheHundredYearLifestyle.com. We'll be right back. The average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health while leaving your good bacteria behind, which is part of your immune system. And there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. Well, what's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with Dr. Eric Plasker. Eric, so why don't we talk about, you know, people are, there are people in this world that are living to 100 um, and beyond. There has, there's, and a lot of them are indigenous people, right? There are people, I don't want to get into it because I want to blow people's minds too much, but there's people that are living much longer than 100. But there's also this steep decline in life expectancy. Why don't you talk to us about the difference between human potential and going to 100 and beyond in a healthful, happy way in a great lifestyle and not, just about you know getting older and going into a nursing home and being a miserable on pills and your family never coming to see you. Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, so uh, the statistics are are pretty mind boggling. When you look at today, the statistics are that the life expectancy decline. If you are age sixty five and over, your life expectancy has declined by point one years. It hasn't been touched if you're sixty five and over. 
where the life expectancy where people are dying, like you mentioned, is, and I'm going to get these numbers wrong, but you'll get the idea. If your age is one to four, the chances of your dying, the death rate has increased by 16% if your age is one to four. If your age is 30 to 40, it's increased by about 15%. If your age is 40 to 54, something like that, it's gone down. Your, your death rate has increased by about 14, 13, 12, something like that percent. So the decline in life expectancy is not because of the older people. It is because of the younger people. So what does that mean? What's interesting is, is that the 100-year-old group, this is the group they were born in 1923 or before. This is the unvaccinated control group. These are the, this is the unvaccinated generation in their formative years. And so what we are learning about this, the innate potential, the human potential, what is possible for people in their formative years, growing, living in a healthy way, sometimes unhealthy way, but their body's ability to adapt. So my point being is that human potential, life expectancy potential has not changed. It is the same. What has changed is our environment, the toxicity in the environment. And you know, we talk in the 100-year lifestyle about the three kinds of interference, the neurological interference, nerve interference, lifestyle interference, and environmental interference. And so if you understand that if you live your life without the interference, you remove all of that interference, you remove the subluxations in your spine, you remove the nervous system problems, you remove the interference, the communication between your brain and your body, you remove the lifestyle interference, the bad food, like Tim talks to you about all the time, the toxins in the food, all of that stuff, in the water, get rid of all that stuff, clean it all out, and the environmental interference, the things that are just destroying the environment, you get rid of that or minimize that as much as possible, then you will be blown away about how your innate energy, we call it innate energy. It's not like an energy drink where you just, you know, where you get the jitters because you have more energy. No, this is innate energy. It is the energy that you are supposed to have when you are living without interference. And when you do that, it's an exciting way to live. You know, you've seen the transformation for yourself, for all the people that you work with. We see that transformation all the time in our practices. We've trained over 10,000 doctors over the years to deliver this type of care, communicate this type of message to help their people get younger every day. And it is true that if you change your story, you change the way you live your life, you will change your experience of your life. And that's what we're doing with the 100 Year Lifestyle. We're helping people make those changes to get excited about, you know, people say, I don't want to live to be 100. Well, why don't you just change your life so that if you ended up being 100, you would like it because you wouldn't want to go anywhere. And, you know, if you're suffering, change your life. You know, we say change is easy. Thinking about change is hard. When you do that, uh, it gets pretty exciting, uh, the experience that you have, and, and you all deserve it. I mean, you're, you're in a good place. You're, you're doing the work. You're listening. Uh, you got great mentorship here. Uh, you know, hopefully we can contribute some of that to you. And, and why not? Why not enjoy a sensational century? Why rot away? You're getting the advance notice that our parents and grandparents never received. Uh, do something with it. Make some changes. Live your ideal 100-year lifestyle and listen to your health hero over here. Well, we've talked about this before, and it, it bears repeating. Is like people, you know, what is scurvy? Okay. It's, oh, it's scurvy's a disease. Stay away from the sailors. They have a disease. They're gross. Oh, my God, they're going to die. And they found out later it was a vitamin C deficiency. 
right? Because they were out on ships for long periods of time. They were disconnected from nature. They were not able to eat fresh foods and vegetables. And so they started putting lemons and limes on the ships and it would keep them alive. But then what they found out, and that's actually how the British were called limeys. There's that, look that up. Uh, the British sailors were called limeys because they ate limes. But then the limes and lemons would go rotten. So then eventually they were using chickpeas, the garbanzo bean for long-term storage on, on long voyages. And then they eliminated this, scur this scourge, this disease with vitamin C. So it was a vitamin deficiency. Let's fast forward to something called beriberi. Um, another disease plaguing people, uh, difficulty walking, uh, mental confusion, pain. They couldn't talk. Uh, their eye was the tingling in the body, loss of uh, function, paralysis even in lower legs, uh, hands and feet, all these problems like, oh, they've got a disease, stay away from them. A B1 deficiency, another vitamin deficiency. And then we look at um, something that was because uh, you were talking about big pharma and these these hundred year old people because they they big pharma hit the scene in the in the in around the early to mid sixties, right? So there was no pharmaceutical drugs prior to that. It was the mid sixties when this happened. So these people for the first forty years of their life, there was no vaccinations. This just this wasn't. It was just like cell phones weren't there at one point in time when I was growing up. There wasn't any. We had a rotary dial phone in our house. You'd have sat there and, you know, you'd hate, hated people if they had zeros in their numbers because it took forever for that <laughs> to go, right? And so, and what did people do when they, when, uh, you know, when they found out uh, measles, as an example, it was killing 14 out of 100,000 people, which is extremely high. And it was caused by the environment. You mentioned epigenetics earlier. There was urine and feces in the street and dead horses and cows in the water supply. And the women were smart enough to rise up and create a bottoms-up movement, the second 1776 of this country that's not in the history books anymore, and got infrastructure. And they got cleaner water and, and, and um, the plumbers and sanitation workers to clean up all that stuff and health improve. But they also used vitamin A in high doses, 400,000 international units a day, which people are like, oh, my God, that's crazy. It's, it's, it's well-documented. It was used around the turn of the century for, for the measles and it worked and it worked really good. You only had to do it for a few days. It's like, it's, it's a vitamin deficiency and you can use these vitamins. They're very powerful and side effects, maybe a little dry mouth, drink some more water. Now, if your water's cleaned up and there's no horses and dead cows in it, it's okay. And you're going to get better. The measles vaccine did not hit the scene until 1963. Yet 98% of the measles was eradicated by 1948. So big pharma is not going to save you. What's going to save you is common sense and nature and getting these chemicals out of your body, tapping into your heart and tapping into that innate ability for your body to heal itself. It's always going to be the same. They're going to keep telling you that you need to smoke cigarettes until you're healthy. You need to take this and solve your problem. You need to take this pill. Don't change anything. You need to get jabbed. Don't change anything. We'll save you. And it's always fear, 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 fear the entire time. Whereas People like Dr. Plasker and myself are like, don't live in fear. That's going to, I mean, that's literally going to create bad chemistry and put yourself in fight or flight. Do not, you, we, don't, we want you to have a pleasant life. We want you to have a calm nervous system. That's why he works on the physical component and the form factor of working on the skeletal system to re reduce pain on nerves. They, the chiropractic community calls it subluxations. Um, we just, your bones are out of, out of whack, basically, and they're pinching nerves. And they help you restore that function so the nerves can then operate the organ systems. Dude, I learned this years ago. Like, I worked so hard to help people get their digestive tract clean up. And, like, you got to get colon therapy. You got to take gut detox. You got to do this stuff. You got to get fiber in your body. But 
if if I'm helping them get it all cleaned up and restore their bacteria and do all this stuff, but they have a subluxation or they have a misalignment in their spine and it's pinching a nerve, and now they only have 50 or 40% of the function of the digestive canal because of a, a pinched nerve, like I have a moral obligation to learn. I, I was like, I need to learn about the spine and the nervous system and proper alignment because if I don't do that, I'm doing my clients a disservice because I'd be missing out like, on it's just something like a root canal like you know if, if you're if you have an infected tooth you have to get the tooth out you just got to get it out like otherwise you're not going to heal and you're going to have a systemic infection it's the same thing with the spine if you have a misalignment you have a systemic uh, problem in your body and until that's adjusted to fixed you can't do anything you're going to struggle it doesn't matter how many bacteria and different types of yogurts we put in you and how clean we get your gut and all that stuff if you don't have the proper energy flowing to that system for it to run it's like it's like a, a light and it's instead of just playing bright so you can see in the room, it's like flickering and it's kind of off and on a little bit. That's the electricity being delivered because you got a bad switch. It's yeah, the same and if thing. You look in the up, if you, and, and if you look up a research project, look up the Windsor autopsies. It was done and I think it was 1918, W-I-N-D-S-O-R autopsies. They autopsied the spine of people that had recently passed and they found in over 80% of the cases, the organ that was the cause of death was the area in the spine and the nerves that had the most degeneration. That's profound. That's profound. It's very so, profound. Yeah. So if you have, you know, if your nerve supply to your stomach is not right, I mean, you should eat the right things, but if you're not healing, it's because you have a nerve issue. And if you're going to eat the right food and you want your body to assimilate it properly, the nerves need to understand everything. The neurology needs to be working so your body knows what to do with everything. So I appreciate what you're saying. It's right on target. Well, and, and think about this too. How does this apply to a, the working class people? Well, you get off work and you go out and you pull the cord on the lawnmower and you you throw your spine out of misalignment. And you're like, oh, I, oh, you don't think much about it. But now you've reduced function to your liver by 30%. You don't know. You just don't know. You don't think about it. You're busy living your life and you can't see it. It's these things that you can't see. So it's like that's why you have to become very good at maintaining your body. Now, if you had a great yoga practice, you're doing yin yoga and you're strengthening and lengthening your fascia and your tissues and your muscles and all this stuff. And then your body's going to be you could you can literally heal yourself with with that. Um, but I would still like I go see a chiropractor every week. I go in and I get an adjustment every week just for maintenance. And there's always yeah. something because I'm doing jujitsu and I'm working on the farm. And, you know, I know like, okay, well, if my muscles all tight, um, I can do yin yoga and my fascia is tight. I can loosen that up. But I also go, the chiropractor adjusts me and the combination of the relief and the and proper adjustment along with me reducing the stress on the fascia and the muscles, that's how I'm going to heal myself the fastest. So it's like moving the body is important. Stretching is important. It's all the stuff we teach. And I understand that a lot of people, though, you're stuck right now. Maybe you're overweight and you have no energy. So our first job is to give you inspiration and, and literally deliver some energy to you. That's yeah. it. Because with the energy, then you can start doing things and start making some change. And that change is so important because nothing yeah. in your life, your life will not improve if you don't calm your nervous system and start making changes. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And what's I think what's also important, especially as it relates to weight loss and elimination, I call it weight elimination, because again, it's not yours, it just kind of was there for a little while, you're going to get rid of it, you're going to eliminate it, you don't want to find it. And when what does happen sometimes, not, a, not with everybody, but a lot, if you've put on an extra 40, 50, 60, 70 pounds or more, your body, your posture has adapted to that weight gain. 
And if you've been in that position for any length of time, a year or more, your body, your bones, your nerves, they have grown to accommodate this extra weight. So when you start to lose weight or eliminate weight and your posture changes back, there's a lot of people that end up where they say, you know, my hip is hurting. I don't understand why I lost 30 pounds and now my hip hurts. I'm supposed to feel good. Or I lost 20 pounds and now my back hurts. I should be, I should feel better. And they do feel better in a lot of ways, but they end up with these problems that end up sometimes affect the way they exercise. And here's why. It's because it's grown wrong for so long and you're losing or eliminating this weight. It is very important during those sticking point times and before to make sure that your spine and nervous system are as healthy and functional and aligned and balanced as possible. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, I never thought, I mean, it's basically like walking around with a 50 pound backpack, strap it on. I mean, it's going to obviously put more pressure on the spine. Do you remember the numbers for, um, I used to know the math on it, but some of this stuff, I can't remember everything. It's like every pound of body weight is like, X amount of more force on the knees, right? So when people have like knee pain and it's like every pound is a certain amount, but it actually, it goes up exponentially. So that knee pain, I've seen it just literally vanish when people lose weight. Yeah. It's not a knee problem. People have knee problems that aren't knee problems. They're weight problems. And, uh, and it's interesting. So I, I walk or work out or do proprioceptive exercises. And whenever I do exercise, I like to wear a weight vest. I wear about 16 to 18 pounds on a weight vest. And it's a reminder for me, but it's like, I can't believe I had 60 extra pounds. This was eight, this is 18 pounds, which is a lot to put on you. So um, yeah, this is all eye-opening, mind-expanding conversations that, you know, I hope really make a difference for people. And if you start to think this way, I mean, the people that live this way, they have almost zero medical expenses, literally. The families that raised their children in the way that we raised our family, uh, we had like near zero medical expenses the first 20 years of all of my children's lives. Think about that. The people that are lifestyle care oriented, the way we talk about in the 100-year lifestyle, have zero or near zero medical expenses. My medical, my family's medical expenses are near zero. Think about that. Well, the other thing too is like when you're healthy, you're going to eat lower on the food chain. You'll be able to start buying in bulk and your grocery bills are going to drop significantly. And if something or shit does hit the fan and let's say the electrical grid goes out or there's a hurricane, it won't matter because you know how to like, you make your own food at home. You have access to that kind of stuff because you're eating it on the daily. So it's just more of the same. It's not a big deal. Everybody else is freaking out because they can't get uh, ding dongs and ho-hos and, and white bread at the store to make their toasted cheese sandwich. Um, and eat, you know, I mean, it's just like you become more empowered. You don't have to worry about this stuff. Again, it's less fear. You should not be living in fear. And if you're tapped in and tuned into yourself and nature and you understand how all this stuff works, you're going to save money on medical expenses. You're going to save money on food. All that money could be redirected back to your family. And you could actually then afford things like getting saunas, getting a good farm for a sauna, maybe buying a hyperbaric chamber for your home. Um, maybe getting one of these aqua cure machines that I have that, you know, I'm breathing the hydrogen gas all the time. You can afford to buy the world's best mattress, which is about the same cost as a lot of these other mattresses. They're about three to 5,000 bucks. I mean, some mattresses are obviously less, but like, I, 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 I have the bet. I believe the best bed in the world. And I'm like, I'm excited every night that I get to go lay down on that sucker. <laughs>
So Eric, as we wrap up here, why don't you give us an idea of like, what's the future of the hundred year lifestyle and what, what are your plans moving forward? Um, we have a lot going on. We're really excited that the world is finally catching up to our ideas. We're going to stay at the front of the wave of this longevity industrial complex that is about to spend hundreds of millions of dollars trying to buy people's brains. We're going to stay on the cutting edge of it with people like you, the friends that we have, Jim Gale, Food Forest Abundance, uh, so many people, the doctors that we work with, the organizations and associations. We're going to be cutting edge information. Uh, there are very few people that have lived this lifestyle uh, for as long as that we have, that we have the direct evidence personally duplicating the success for so many. And we want the truth to come out so you can count on us for truth, wisdom, uh, resources, products. It's why we support a lot of the things that you do, the hyperbaric chambers, the cold plunges, the, the nutritional uh, support that you provide, uh, all of those things. We're going to also provide people with resources, support all of those things. And we will be on the cutting edge like we've always been on the cutting edge. And uh, and so, you know, we, we look forward to interviewing you and getting you to tell your story to our people, uh, as well as just bringing the, the trust and the faith and the truth about health, where it comes from, uh, to the world, one person at a time, one platform at a time, because the world needs our leadership. And I'm really proud to get to know you, the friends that you have, the relationships that you've built, your integrity. In product, you know, I asked some questions yesterday about a product, the water product that I'm so excited to implement into our home. And, you know, when you don't have an answer, you say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. So, you know what, let me check. I'm going to find out. And, and I love that about you because two things, number one, you're honest. And number two, you find out and then you get back to me. I really, <laughs> well, really appreciate that. And I get to learn that. too. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm still and, trying uh, to learn about that thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what I love? The side effect of everything that you and I do is health. It's human potential. It's possibility. And I want to live in the world. I want my granddaughter and my future grandchild, my youngest son. Uh, by the time this comes out, it'll be out. Uh, they're going to have a baby and we're excited about that. And we want the world for them. We want it to be the United States of America. We want it to be the land of the free, the home of the brave, the land of the truth, the home of highly functioning people who are really working to make the world the best that it can be. And so I'm excited to share that journey with you and all the relationships that we have in common because the world needs all of us, man. The world needs all of us, especially now. So thanks for everything. Absolutely. I appreciate all that you do. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Dr. Plasker. So you guys can reach him at and find him at the 100 year lifestyle.com and 100 is just one zero zero. It's not all spelled out. So it's a little bit shorter. The 100 year lifestyle.com. And I want to thank our listeners around the world for tuning in. If you haven't yet, please uh, subscribe. More importantly, um, share the message. Um, if this uh, message resonated with you and you think this podcast could help somebody to wake them up and shake them up a little bit so they can make some change, it would be really awesome if you could uh, be part of the ripple effect that we're trying to um, incur over here. And the thing of it is, is like Eric mentioned, like, uh, you know, leading and stuff like that. It's important that we all lead. Again, when I was talking about the starlings flying around and the fish in the sea, how they all move simultaneously. It's like, Eric and I are like, we're, we have our little group, right? We've, we're moving simultaneous with our group and our teams and the people we work with. And then, then we come together and we're all moving together now. Now Eric's team is with my team and Jim Gale's team and all these. And then you guys are part of our team. We're all moving in unison. So come join us. Come not, we don't want followers. We want leaders. We're all leaders. And imagine if everybody's trained and educated on this stuff and the basic components that, you know, that, that nature is the solution and that all we have to do and, on our, and to lead with our heart 
these are the two things lead with your heart and your life and get back to nature and all the, all the other stuff we can help you out with schematics getting the chemicals out of your body adjusting your spine all these things but you being the leader in your life you become a shining light a beacon of hope from to your family and friends not that they will come along but you're literally hanging out handing out permission slips when you do this and that's what we want we want you all to be leaders we want you to become your own doctor and learn to self heal so until next time change yourself change your world love you guys and i'll see you soon bye bye thanks for listening again to the health hero show i'm your host tim james and remember change yourself change your world and we'll see you again on the next episode talk to you soon You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James.